Usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson, 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Dells, Casas, El Latido del Gorge, su radio comunitaria. You can always close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. Hola, los invito a escuchar Conoce tu Columbia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada otro martes de 7 a 8 de la noche. Entérese de lo que pasa en las comunidades que vivimos a lo largo del río Columbia. Compartimos información sobre la importancia de proteger nuestros recursos naturales. Además, tocamos temas de justicia social y culturales que son relevantes para nuestras comunidades. Recuerde, escuche Conoce tu Columbia en Radio Tierra, el latido del gorge, tu radio comunitaria. Qué difícil cantarle a tierra madre que nos aguanta y nos vio crecer. Welcome, you are listening to Conoce Tu Columbia, a program produced by Columbia River Keeper. My name is Ubaldo Hernandez, and tonight we have with us Simone Anter. She is our uh, staff attorney at Columbia River Keeper. She is going to talk to us about Hanford. In previous uh, shows, we had a conversation about Hanford, what this place represents to our communities. And uh, tonight we're going to have an update on what is going on right now. Simone, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me on the show and, and thank you for the introduction. Well, thank you. And we're going to start the show. We're going to talk about what Hanford is. So Hanford is an area where all the plutonium was enriched to produce all the nuclear uh, material to build weapons and energy on, on this country. And uh, also, one of the bombs that was detonated in Japan came out, out of Hanford. Uh, I think it's Big Boy is the, the bomb that came out from, from uh, Hanford to be detonated in Japan. Um, also, Hanford is, is been classified as Superfound site. The EPA has a special way to evaluate sites that are, that are highly contaminated and they create this uh, superfound term to describe sites that are over-contaminated, sites that, that represent really dangerous risk for our communities. We have to have that in mind, that when a site is classified superfound site, it's something that we need to pay attention and we need to take action to ensure that government or whoever who to uh, create the damage in, in these areas, they need time, energy, and money to uh, restore what they destroy. Because basically, superfund sites are places where life is not possible because of the risk they represent to our communities. So when the EPA classified a superfund site, they have a, a measurement from one to a hundred. And on this measurement, if a site gets to the 28.5 points, then that site becomes a superfound site. And then is, this is what Hanford is. So Hanford is a superfound site. It contains a lot of chemicals, a lot of radioactive material on the soil, on the water, on the air that they represent a danger to our communities, to the health of our communities, to the life of our communities. So we need to stay alert on what's going on. And Simone tonight, she's going to talk to us about 
what is happening right now in Hanford. She is uh, and Columbia River Keeper. She is one of the most important persons that they're working on this site, trying to help us and protect our communities from uh, the dangers uh, that Hanford represent. Uh, Simone, I think the mic is yours now. All right. Well, thank you. So uh, as Waldo mentioned, my name is Simone Anter, um, Hickory, Apache, and Yaki, and I've been a staff attorney with Riverkeeper for the past two and a half years. Um, and in this role, I split my time uh, between enforcing the Clean Water Act to hold polluters along the river responsible for industrial pollution and stormwater runoff. And the other half of my work, uh, like you mentioned, is doing education and outreach uh, about Hanford. And, and part of that work uh, has me working with education and outreach staff at Yakima Nation's Environmental Restoration Waste Management or ERWM program. Um, to do public and school presentations on the Yakima Reservation. So to your question, what's happening at Hamford right now? As always, a lot is happening there right now. Um, because of COVID-19, there's really been a, a stop to a lot of our public outreach. And so most of my work has kind of turned into focusing on virtual outreach and reviewing cleanup plans that are coming out of Hamford and writing river keepers technical comments about those plans, and then um, working with our members and the public on how to participate in this public commenting process. So I thought uh, I could talk about two of these uh, uh, public comment periods that are open right now that we've really been working on and getting the information out about, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, that sounds really good, especially because of COVID-19. Unfortunately, the government is not stopping and they still pushing back regulations that they were established to protect us. Yeah, what we've seen, you know, in the last uh, month as, as COVID's been taking its toll is a real um, push to get some cleanup plans out, to get some things um, through the public process quickly and not really taking into consideration how people's lives have changed and how their ability to, um, you know, participate in the public process has changed dramatically and, and the time. So uh, a lot of what we've been trying to do is, you know, produce materials that kind of break down the comment periods and make it easier to understand uh, and, you know, getting information out so that uh, if people are able to, they're still able to comment because, yeah, uh, the government is not stopping with, uh, with moving forward. So we need to make sure that we are still, you know, putting our voice out there and advocating for robust cleanup. Uh, despite everything that's going on. Uh, the work never stops, right? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, it never stops. And COVID-19, it's tough for our communities. A lot of times we have to stay home and we can't leave the house, but not for government or corporations that they try to take advantage of minimizing regulations that protect our environment. So they are more active right now. So we need to participate. We need to take action. And so there is two uh, petitions, right, that we have that people can participate on. Yeah. So there are two petitions up right now. Uh, and I thought I would just uh, talk about them a little bit. So the first uh, public comment period right now is about a proposal from the U.S. Department of Energy. And in this proposed cleanup plan, um, they are trying to fill three structures at Hamford with grout, which is a concrete-like substance. 
And they are trying to do this in order to prevent the structures from collapsing. So I don't know if listeners remember in 2017 when the Purex tunnel collapsed um, and made international news, but basically this cleanup plan is to prevent that from happening. So while grouting these structures will prevent failure and, and that kind of potential release of radioactive contamination in the short term, what we're really trying to get across is that grouting alone ultimately fails to protect public health in the Columbia River in the long run. Um, because, you know, if we're just grouting aging infrastructure in place, we're not actually removing the pollution. And in fact, we're trying to tell energy that grouting could make it more difficult because, you know, you're adding tons of concrete now into a contaminated facility. So then that contamination, that grout itself becomes contaminated. So you're really creating more contamination that will ultimately have to be removed, uh, especially for these three structures. So we right now are trying to mobilize our members to help us tell energy um, basically two main things. One is that energy needs to ensure that grouting um, these structures in place doesn't turn into a half step of abandoning these structures in place forever. So, um, you know, there's final cleanup remedies that must happen for these structures, which includes removal of the contamination and treatment of the soil. So this cleanup plan needs to address how that can happen once, you know, you pump in several tons of grout because it seems that it will be more difficult. And then we're also asking our members to help us tell energy that they need to have a solid plan to remove these grouted structures in a timely manner um, that complies with legal deadlines. So it's not enough to say that once we grout, then in the future, we'll, we'll do our final cleanup. We really need to know what is that plan and how it's going to happen, because otherwise it just looks like a short-term solution that in the long run uh, is going to be problematic. And even more so, there's a question of whether one of these structures, which is a settling tank, so it's a large underground tank filled with liquid waste, um, even needs grouting in the first place. Uh, in other places, tanks, they get their waste pumped out and have, you know, certain uh, process to get the contamination out. And then now we're seeing that this plan just wants to start grouting at least one tank. So we don't want this to start being the norm for cleanup at Hanford because grouting is not uh, cleaning. So that's our first petition. So that's uh, really scary, especially because all this uh, grouting or all this concrete they pour in these infrastructures are getting old and because of the radiation, they're crumbling down from what I heard before, right? So that these, these structures are, are totally outdated. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, plutonium production ended at Hanford in 1989 and, and we see that it left, you know, over 500 contaminated facilities. So now after 30-ish years of delayed cleanup, these facilities with with this severe contamination, they're, they're degrading, they're crumbling. Um, and so we're seeing problems arise from missed cleanup deadlines already. So if we keep just seeing half cleanup steps as, you know, these are long-lived radioactive contaminants, we're going to keep seeing problems build up and build up. Um, so really want to make sure that we're pushing for for 
remove and treat and actual cleanup, not just short-term solutions. And I, I think that is something really important that our community participate and demand the government to do appropriate cleanup because this material is not going to be faded out in 10, 20 years. We are talking about hundreds and probably thousands of years for this radioactive material to dissipate or lose uh, strength. Definitely. And, you know, as we add, as, you know, if cleanup plans add new substances also to contaminants, who knows what problems are going to be created to in the future. Um, it's just all a big unknown that's going to affect, you know, generations to come. So we also need to keep that in mind. So this time we're talking about the infrastructure on the site, which is buildings, tunnels and all this stuff. Yes. So um, for this particular cleanup plan, we are talking about a trench and a crib and a settling tank. So um, trenches and cribs at Hamford uh, were used basically while while they were producing plutonium, um, excess liquid waste was really just discharged into these unlined, you know, cribs in the ground. So they're basically just kind of uh, dug out holes like a trench. So then they would just dump liquid waste there. And then that liquid waste, you know, was able to permeate the soil or in other cases were just contained in inadequate containers. Um, and so now we're seeing the effects of, of really foul environmental practices that were happening um, during plutonium production. So we're seeing the effects of those now. So again, it's just seeing seeing the problems that Hamford get worse and worse over the years. So, and this material is reaching our water sources. That, that's something that I heard you talking about it and I was really impressed on how this um, radioactive material is reaching our water sources and putting our communities on risk, but not just locally, because this water will reach eventually the river, a river that feeds water to communities all along Washington and Oregon till Astoria. Yeah, so this this is the perfect segue into our second comment period that we're telling our members about and, and commenting on. And this is Energy's plan to pump and treat two plumes of groundwater at Hamford. Um, which like you said, are carrying toxic and radioactive pollution from Hamford's central plateau to the Columbia River. Um, so yeah, this is highly connected to, to the aging infrastructure uh, problem as well. Um, what we're seeing is in Hamford's central plateau, uh, it included major processing areas, which were home you know, to like the bee plant and the plutonium uranium extraction plant. Uh, both of which are continuing sources of pollution um, to the groundwater below Hamford. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, the liquid waste was discharged directly into the soil in this area as well. So that um, also contaminated the groundwater. Uh, and, and this discharge is now seeping um, towards the Columbia River and in some places actually already reaches the Columbia River. So this comment period is about two plumes, two because there's several groundwater plumes at Hamford, and they're broken up how how they're addressed uh, by by EPA and Energy based on where they're located and and the contaminants um, uh, that are exceeding drinking water standards the most. 
So for this comment period, it's the B complex plume and the C farm, um, and then A, A through X farm plumes, um, which are coming from the central plateau. And um, as part of this cleanup plan, Energy wants to pump and treat using the 200 West pump and treat facility, which is great. So part of this is that we do want to tell Energy that, you know, we really strongly support this plan to pump and treat groundwater. Um, it's a proven uh, process that works. Uh, and I don't know, should I explain maybe what pump and treat is a little bit? I think that will be good. Okay. So pump and treat is a process uh, designed to remove high concentrations of contaminants from the water by extracting the groundwater and then moving it in above ground pipes uh, to this uh, 200 West pump and treat facility, which is already built and in use. And then once there, the water is treated. And in this case, it is treating the plumes for uranium and technetium. And so once it treats the water, uh, I don't want to get into how it treats the water, but once it does, the water then um, is injected back into the ground and is basically clean. But one of the problems we're seeing with this cleanup plan is that, so this is an interim solution. It's not a final cleanup plan or anything. But part of what we're seeing is that these groundwater plumes have continuing sources of pollution from above ground. So the facilities above the ground, which are contaminated, are, are still continuing to contaminate the groundwater. So, you know, we want more information from energy on, on how long treatment takes and, and how these continuing sources of pollution on the surface will be addressed to make sure that, you know, the groundwater doesn't get treated, pumped back in, and then is continuously contaminated again. So I see that there is uh, solutions to this problem. It's just the government need to do it. And in order for them to do it, we need to participate. Yeah, it's it's definitely true. Um, and I guess like another thing we're seeing with this common period is that, you know, they're focusing on two contaminants um, that are concerning here, the uranium and technetium. But there are a whole host of other contaminants present. And so... We know pump and treat can treat those two contaminants, but it's unclear if, if it can treat the other pollutants and toxic chemicals that we're seeing there, um, or if, you know, energy's plan is just to treat what it knows how to treat and to leave the other radioactive contaminants um, in place, which we need more information on that. And we need to make sure and hold the government account accountable that they're not just weeding out um, contaminants because they're more difficult to remove or anything. So that's where public comment and public pressure really play into how much cleanup's getting done. So even though it's good what the government's doing, we always want you know more cleanup and more information, especially here. And this is one of the things that I would like to reinforce that we need to make sure that the government do what is right, not halfway or trying to put a patch and forget about it. And that can be only done if we participate in common periods, we sign petitions, and we stand up beside Columbia River Keeper to demand the government to do a pro proper cleanup. Uh, at Columbia River Keeper, Hanford is not the only place that we work in order to protect our communities that live along the river. We work with uh, issues in Bradford Island and 
a place that is highly contaminated that we think it should be classified as super found site because of the levels of contamination. There is a lot of things that we work in Columbia Riverkeeper and a lot of our work is talking to our community to encourage them to participate and sign petitions, participate in uh, public hearings. And personally, part of my work is going to schools and talk to members of the community, kids, and tell them about what's going on on our river and how we can protect them. Uh, Simone, you mentioned earlier that you have to visit the schools too, and you have to talk to members of the community. And uh, what is your perspective on this? How you, what's your sense of the response of the community when you talk to them about Hanford? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, so mostly I connect with with people on the Yakima Nation Reservation, and and that's where I do school presentations at the at the tribal school and the local high schools there. And and when talking about how this particular community feels about Hanford, it's really important. Um, and I I want to talk about it again here to remember that you know the Yakima people and other tribal people actually used and lived on the land that is now polluted by Hanford's past nuclear activities. So a lot of our conversations that I'm having in these communities are talking about, you know, their sacred spaces that the Yakima people can no longer safely access um, at the Hanford site. There's hunting and gathering that is extremely hindered or impossible in some places. And then there's over 500 acres um, of their homeland that's restricted access now, um, despite their treaty guaranteed rights to all usual and accustomed places. So when talking to people about, about the threats Hanford represents to the environment, there's definitely an overwhelming sense that, that cleanup needs to work. We need to work towards a cleanup that ensures that the Yakima people um, are able to use Hanford in the way that they have since time immemorial and to do so safely. And, you know, I also meet tons of people in the community, um, you know, I didn't mention, but the Yakima Reservation is just 50 miles from Hamford. So, you know, they're on the front lines of, of anything happening at Hamford that would release radioactive or toxic pollution. Um, they're extremely close there. And given the high winds are, are most at risk to failures there. Um, and so, you know, I meet a lot of people in these communities who've worked on Hamford issues for way longer than I have and, and can oftentimes tell me stories about how, you know, the issues I'm working on now uh, today are just, you know, recycled plans and actions that the government has tried to um, do at Hanford for the past, you know, several decades and that, you know, these people have worked to stop in the past. So it's always really interesting to have those conversations and it really teaches you kind of the how, how in communities you need to be having these conversations because the same plans keep happening and, and using collective knowledge instead of learning everything new again is what really makes, I think, the different at Hanford. So it's always really fascinating, these conversations, and I end up learning so much um, from people in the community at Hanford. So I don't really like to say I do education and outreach. I, th I think the community does education and outreach to me. I just bring a, bring a slideshow. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, makes me think about the work we do at Columbia Riverkeeper, uh, and you're right, we don't really go and, and teach people how to protect. Actually, we learn a lot about 
history and what's the damage these places create to our communities. One of the things that I learned, and it was really hard for me uh, about Hanford, is that we can think about Hanford being a place where the plutonium, all this nuclear material was developed to create weapons. But the damage that this production, it didn't stay just in Hanford. It went farther. We can talk about the detonation of the bomb in Japan. Uh, we can talk about the, the testing that happened in Micronesia, these Islands that they suffer because of the production of plutonium in Hanford. So how far is the reach of the damage of these places create to, to not just our communities, but to the, the whole world? So, and, and that's something I learned talking to people, like you mentioned, talking to, to people who's been working on these issues for longer than us. And, and we learn a lot. And, and that's something that we need to uh, make sure that people also heard about these stories because that's the way that we can transfer information, put knowledge in our people's minds, and they can stand up and participate with Columbia Riverkeeper to protect our natural resources. That was very well said. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I also like, you know, also remembering that when it comes to Hamford, um, it's always important, and I have to tell myself this on, on a daily basis, but you need to remember it's, just, it's a long-term fight for cleanup, and, and that's why public participation constantly and consistency consistently really matters, because um, it's, it's not a problem that's going to go, it's not a super fun site that's going to be cleaned up, you know, in a lifetime, in my lifetime even, and so it's keeping people engaged and, and active here for generations, which, you know, I, you said it best, the, the easiest way to do that is to, you know, share these stories and share successes that have happened there and, and maybe successes that didn't happen there, maybe, um, and just learning from that, so. Yeah, and, and remember, it's really important for us to participate so we can protect not just our, our, our lifestyle right now, but we need to protect the future of our families, our kids, our grandkids. So basically the future of our communities is in, is in our hands and it's our duty to participate and, and ensure that those lives will have a, a, a healthy place to live. Recuerde, usted está escuchando Conoce Tu Columbia. Este es un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada 15 días los martes a las 7 de la noche. Yo soy Ubaldo Hernández. Si usted tiene comentarios, si usted tiene preguntas, este, pues eh, déjenos saber. Eh, usted puede comunicarse conmigo al teléfono 541-490-7722 o me puede contactar a mi correo electrónico que es ubaldo at columbiariverkeeper.org Bueno, muchas gracias. Gracias por estar con nosotros. Uh, y pues nos escuchamos dentro de 15 días. Buenas noches. Usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson, 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Didells, Casas, El Latido del Gorge, su radio comunitaria. You can always close your eyes. 
Hola, los invito a escuchar Conoce tu Colombia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada otro martes de 7 a 8 de la noche. Entérese de lo que pasa en las comunidades que vivimos a lo largo del río Colombia. Compartimos información sobre la importancia de proteger nuestros recursos naturales. Además, tocamos temas de justicia social y culturales que son relevantes para nuestras comunidades. Recuerde, escuche Conoce tu Colombia en Radio Tierra, el latido del gorcho, tu radio comunitaria. Qué difícil cantarle a tierra madre que nos aguanta y nos vio crecer.